Welcome to Girl, Water Your Grass. We talk about all the things to better yourself, your family, your career, your dreams, your goals, and your life, and how God's dreams over us are so much bigger than our own. We are just two girlfriends who grew up in the bluegrass state of Kentucky with five brothers each and have reunited to take our dreams to the next level. Now we're inviting you to get out of your own way, girlfriend, and come on this ride because on this journey of a lifetime, we never arrive. Welcome back to Girl Water Your Grass. We are so excited to have one of my all-time favorite people here that I can't wait to introduce you to. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Patrick Tulls. Oh, and let me tell you, me. oh, thanks for being here. Let me tell you just a little bit about, you might know Patrick because he was probably most recognizable for being the quarterback of the University of Kentucky football team right in the time when we started to get pretty good under Coach Stoops. And then you played your senior season at Boston College. But he's not only a football player, people, he is an even better man. And it's just really been a huge blessing in my life. And I'll tell some of that story as as we get into this here, but we're just excited to have you. You've really been like a brother to me and um, just thank God for blessing your life, bringing you into our life. And, and he's just like part of the family. So welcome. Well, yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for uh, for having us. It's um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, we are, we're right in the thickest things here in Columbus with fall outreach and students coming back on campus that I got a little respite this morning. Uh, so I'm glad I get to spend it with y'all. Love well, it. We're so grateful that you are. So tell our listeners a little bit about where you are now and how you got to what you're doing, because it's a yeah. long way from the land of football. Well, it really is kind of still connected to football. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm currently uh, a missionary with FOCUS, uh, which stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, we, as an apostolate place, recent college graduates, um, and there's a lot more that we do on college campuses to do ministry. So uh, we're at over... 180 universities in the U.S. Uh, we're in Austria, Germany, England. We now have a campus in Mexico. Uh, and yeah, it's, um, I, I think, uh, to not describe it crudely, it's um, yeah, sharing, um, yeah, ourselves. Um, really, it, it, Paul talks about in his letter to Thessalonians that um, because we were so, and I'm going to butcher this too, but we were so affectionately desirous of you, we were charged to share not only the gospel of God, but our, our very selves, because you mm -hmm. become very dear, because you, you have become very dear to us. So, um, yeah, through uh, um, divine intimacy, right? Uh, first and foremost, our relationship with the Trinity, um, authentic friendship, and clarity conviction for the little way of evangelization, just one soul at a time, right? We're trying to reach the college campus, um, but really the, the world. Um, I think uh, to, to say that, um, you know, we're a... Um, college ministry I think is uh, kind of kind of limits us um, because if you know if the guys that I'm, I'm, I'm walking with only you know reach people for the three years that they're in college then we fail um, three you know, years man to... that's done pretty well oh yeah three three to four to, to five actually we have, yeah. we have a lot of guys who, who take their victory lap um, college kids today man they live in the Marriott I'd stay in for 10 years and that was a long time <laughs> that's exactly right uh, we're, I, we're I, trying I, to 
I love what you said there because you said relationships matter and people matter. And I love that, that, um, you know, that you really focus on getting to see and know people in their hearts because it's so true. And I think in our world, we forget a lot of times, but nobody cares until they know you care and you can't actually make impact in people's spiritual life or in any other aspect of their life until they know that you actually care about them. Mm-hmm. And I, that people matter people first is just, it's really powerful. And let's, yeah. if we can, Patrick, let's, let's backtrack to quite a bit, um, you know, how did, was, did you always know you wanted to play football? How did you get into that? I think there's so much we can dive into that because, you know, going, a lot of people very easily get off track when it comes to athletics, you know, or the music industry or acting. And there's so many of the, the, um, when it comes to sports and arts, there's, it's very easy to get off track. Right. And so mm-hmm. would you share with our listeners, you know, how did you get into, football and, and just share for those who who don't know who Patrick is, you know, let's, let's hear your story leading into yeah. here. You're a missionary, right. And fostering these beautiful relationships with people and helping to lead them to Jesus. So <clears throat> take our listeners back there, if you would, and bring them on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I come from an extremely athletic family. Um, my grandfather um, is a hall of fame baseball player. Um, he passed four or, or five years ago. Um, yeah, I, but- uh, Jim yes, Bunning, right? He was Bunning, also yes. a United States senator who I worked for, and yeah, I've been here for... about Patrick since he was nine years old. <laughs> anyway, small <laughs> but they, y'all don't do anything halfway in the Bunning family. No, we don't. No, nothing. Um, nothing. Uh, so I respect came that. From an, yeah, an extremely, extremely athletic family. My brother uh, pitched transy. Uh, my my sister could have played college basketball, but didn't really desire to. I had an uncle that played football at IU um, in Indiana, and so. I grew up and played everything, um, volleyball, golf, baseball, soccer, basketball, football, anything that well, I just love being on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love like, good at it. I mean, you've been blessed ge- with the genetic souls that you happen to be six foot six, six foot five, <laughs> whatever you are, a giant. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank that's, you. You know, you have the yeah, tool. So yeah, everything you like, you're good at. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't hurt my cost, um, being, being, being a, a large human. Um, and so, <laughs> Uh, did virtually everything up until um, I got to high school. And I went to Highlands High School uh, in Northern Kentucky, Fort Thomas, which, um, to be honest, like I, I switched from, um, I went to Catholic school up until third grade and switched to public school, really, because just the education was a lot better um, yeah. quality in, in the public school where I was. And so my mom moved me. I did CCD classes, um, which they, they, they did the best that they could. Um, and so got to high school and uh, just played football and basketball in high school. I, I could have done, did more than that, but I, I think you're kind of encouraged to kind of, you know, stick with a couple of things and, and, and move forward with that. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, I really just hadn't like kind of grown into my body yet, I guess. Like I, I was really mm-hmm. like really, really successful, you know, and really like dominated pretty much everything until probably like seventh or eighth grade. Um, and then I kind of like, yeah, I got kind of gangly and hadn't, hadn't really, <laughs> hadn't really filled out my body. Uh, I was probably, you know, six, one, um, 165 pounds. Um, and then, oh. um, mm-hmm. what's that? A pole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. My, I mean, my whole family is built super, super thin. Um, and then, um, got to, yeah, got to high school and was, I think like, the sixth or seventh string, uh, just a lot had to happen for me to play. I was like, well, 
I've always wanted to play quarterback in college. Um, I've always wanted to play in the NFL. If it's going to happen, it has to happen now, right? Like now, now's the time. And I remember it was really scary because one of my coaches came up and asked me if I wanted to play offensive line. I was like, never, <laughs> right? Like I, I'll quit. I probably wouldn't have quit, but I was like, there's no chance I'm playing offensive line. So I went home and told my dad, I went home and told my dad, I was like, we, I, I've got to get a lot better. And so, um, yeah, I just took the time and uh, improved, um, started working a lot harder, uh, kind of realized it wasn't going to be handed to me that I had to earn it um, and did that. Uh, I think going into my sophomore year, um, I was uh, like, yeah, third string. And then um, I did really want well to scrimmage against Louisville Mail. And then our starter got hurt. We were playing a game on national television. Um, our starter got hurt. And sorry if you can hear my dog whining in the background. That's my fault. Um, um, and then starter got hurt on national television against Cincinnati St. X uh, my sophomore year. And then I started every game after that. Um, and tell so, how you know, your mom really helped, um, helped you. You said, oh, you know, I'm all in. Yeah. And she's do this. Yeah, so, He's the best so accountability was, partner you could ever have. Yeah. So I was built, like I said, built pretty thin. Um, when I was, I, I grew when I was a sophomore and I was probably six four, six five, but still about 180 pounds. Um, and I kind of, you know, looked at all the quarterbacks in college. I was like, I'm like not as big as they are. And if I want to do this, I need to get bigger. And so I told my mom that I, you know, Hey mom, I need to put on weight. She goes, great. What do you like? What do you want to do? Like, she's like, I'll help you do it. I was like, great. So I met with this, you know, dietitian, nutritionist, and got all this stuff figured out. Um, and I put on 40 pounds in about two months while, wow. I, was playing while I was playing basketball. And like, I, I used to like, I mean, I enjoy eating now. I hated it for probably two months because I had like seven full meals a day. Um, and my mother, my poor mother, like, I, I mean, th there was times where like, I just felt like she hated me um, when in reality, she just was telling me, like helping me do what I asked her to do, you know, Funny. Uh, when I was like, mom, I really don't want it that bad. You know, she's like, yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I was like, you're right. I do it right. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, yeah, very blessed. I mean, like my mom is, I mean, she's a rock. Uh, so wonderful. Like the youngest of nine, um, or second, eight of nine. She's a twin. Um, my uncle Dave also is also super solid. He's a federal judge in Eastern Kentucky. Um, and I think just the way my mom was raised and also the way my dad was raised. Um, my dad is uh, the third in mean, generations of police officers in his family. Um, his father and his grandfather were all police officers and was just like integrity was something that was taught to me at a very young age mm. and the importance of integrity and um, I mean, now at 28, I mean, that's still like very, very, very much a, uh, an important thing in my life. It's, it's such a blessing that's to come from amazing parents. It's just a gift. And, you know, you, you have been blessed to come from amazing parents. It's like, I always think that like too much is given, been given much is expected. And you have a very strong family line and not just parents, grandparents, and just what a gift it is. And it makes you want to pay that forward, right. Of like, whatever you do in your life to really, so much has been given, much is expected. And you're really doing that. You are out there, you know, serving and giving and helping others um, and, and really dedicating your whole life to this at this point in your life of being a, a missionary. What do you think has been like the biggest difficulty that you've had? And really, how have you grown and learned from that? In you feel like just in, in my life or kind of in regard? Okay. 
Um, I think when I got to college, um, you know, I won pretty much every award you could for being the best football player in the state when I was a senior. Um, and I think I just like thought it would just work itself out. Um, I was like, oh, I just have to show up and, you know, I'll be, I'll be named the starter. It'll be great. I'll win a Heisman Trophy. I'll be the number one pick and, you know, I'll ride off. I'll, I'll, it'll I'll, be I'll, easy. Yeah, I'll ride off into the sunset and it'll be awesome. Totally. Um, yeah, and I, I think the, like, the best thing that ever happened to me was, um, you know, I played a little bit as a true freshman, which I had enough success, like very, very little, but enough to like, like kind of remind me that I, I know that I can do it. Um, but then my sophomore year, Coach Stoops' first year with, with Coach Brown, I was like, great, I'll be named the starter. It's going to be awesome. And then he realized that, oh, actually, these guys are better than me. <laughs> I'm just not good enough. Um, and I, mm. I think there was part of me that was like, oh, well, a little part of me was just, oh, I'll just go somewhere else and play, right? Because it's obviously not going to happen here, which is the, which is, I think nowadays is like, oh, well, it's not working out here. Let's just go find somewhere else. Mm, um, yeah. And so I met with Neil Brown, who's now the head coach at West Virginia, who was my quarterback coach at the time. And I said, coach, like, what do I have to do? Right. And he gave, like, he like wrote me a list of, like, four things um, and said, this is where you need to improve. I said, great. So I um, – and college is weird because if it's not, like, during the season, your your work with coaches is pretty limited. Um and so I found a private quarterback coach, uh, Donnie Walker, um, who I'm still great friends with, um, and said, hey, here's, here's how I need to improve. Right? And he goes, great, we'll do it. And, you know, that's what I did for probably, I mean, really the whole next year um, until spring ball the next year. And then I remember um, we had like a seven-on-seven, seven, like a drill in our first spring ball practice. And, and I knew that like, it, it was, but it was, that I had gotten better, but it was really the first like, live team stuff where I've like really like started throwing again. I mean, I had to change everything. I mean, I was, yeah, had, had a lot to fix. Uh, and I remember like that, you know, that probably 10 minutes was like, Oh my gosh, I, I think that this is going to happen. Um, and just in conversations with my coaches and was named the starter in camp that year. But like, I remember coach Brown, like being in front of the team and being like, look, when we tell you you're not good enough, right? You're not, right? Like we don't play our 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 um our favorite people. We play the people that are going to win us games because we have to feed our children, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, when somebody like, not everybody's always out to get you. <laughs> I think, <laughs> yeah. um, and not you don't need to take stuff so personally all the time. Like, mm. I, I think that was that was like learning for me is like, okay, when somebody like provides criticism to me. That's great because that means that one, they, they think that I can change, right? And two, I, I know where I need to grow. Like, and, it, and it's so, right? Like the, the similarities to the spiritual life, I mean, it's like, it's one in one. Like, oh, where do I need to grow? Well, actually, like, I really struggle with resentment. Great, right? Well, that's, that's a place to start, right? Because those are the things, right, as like, okay, my footwork, right, was keeping me from playing at Kentucky. My resentment that I struggle with can keep me from, from the Lord. Um, so, um, and, you, and you really have to, like, you know, I think, right, depending on, I, I guess it d- does, does depend on the season of your life, but really treat those acutely. Like, hey, Jesus, this is a problem. 
right? And Jesus, of course, is like, hey, I know that that's that's a problem, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and I meet you there, I right? He meets, he meets, yeah, yeah he, meets, he meets us in those places. Um, but it's not a, like, um, you know, there, there's two routes you can take. It's like when somebody tells you, right, like maybe there's like a criticism of like your personality, right? Or maybe you're extremely sarcastic, which I think is not good, right? You could say, hey, well, that's just the way that I am, right? Which I think the world tells you, right? Oh yeah, you, you do you, right? Which is, uh, is, is my, my least favorite phrase on the face of the earth. <laughs> MK right? might my, my, my preach on the hatred of that as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, he wants to get under my skin whenever we're chatting. He's like, you do you, girl. I'm like, oh, oh stop. <laughs> no, yeah, please don't say that. Um, or just take, take what people say, like, um, and actually like take it to heart. Um, and if, if it does like truly like resonate and, and you feel like the Lord is asking, you know, something of you, great. If not great. Um, but I think we can't, we can't continue to run from kind of fraternal correction. Like I did most of my life. I love that. I love it because I think criticism is such a hard thing for all of us. No one likes to be cr criticized. Marie and I've been talking about this idea of feedback in our life. And like, I think we're so scared to give feedback because we don't know how to have hard conversations and it's something we we need to talk about and we need to work on and we need to even provide, you know, how do you do that with love and charity and, and considering the source of like, this person truly loves me and is out for my good. And Patrick, there's been multiple things you have said to me that you probably don't even know that I have taken and thought about. And every time you, you've been right, and it's really made a profound impact. I'll cry talking about it. And you also have to remember that that's how the Holy Spirit works in our life, right? It, he speaks through other people, especially people who are in right relationship and who are, you know, have their priorities right. So I just thank you for the times you have said hard things to me because it's made massive impact in my life and has been years now. And so it's just, it's so true. Whenever you can take that criticism, you really have the opportunity to uplevel yourself. And what would you thank say, you. Patrick, you know, what has been maybe some of the most impactful, call it criticism, feedback, you know, what would you say has been some of the most impactful feedback that you've gotten from people both you know maybe I guess specifically um in like in your own personal life you know where it's like ouch that was hard to hear but actually I needed to hear that and then you made it made a change yeah absolutely um I think um one thing that I've realized um in the five years of, of being a missionary is that I'm I'm, I'm an extremely selfish person um mm -hmm. and we and all I can are. say that. Yeah. Let's, and, let's and just I, say we all are. But yeah, thank God that you can admit it, right? Yeah. That's exactly. humility, uh, people. And, and I think um, just like, okay, because even like, right, like my desire for like <clears throat> vocation, right? Or, you know, whatever the Lord has for my life is like, I, you know, and I come to this realization, you know, a lot less now, but like, I love God because of what he does for me. Mm. Not because he's God, not because he's God, right? And the holiest people mm. love Jesus for Jesus' sake. Mm. Um, and we're, like I said, we're, we're, on, we're in that process. Um, yeah, exactly. It is. It is. But I, I think just realizing that like, okay, I'm not the smartest person in the room. Um, and I'm definitely not the holiest person in the room. And the world does not revolve around Pastor Tolls. Um, mm -hmm. As much as I thought that it did until I was probably 23, um, you know, that um, the world spun because I was alive, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I would never have explicitly said that to you, but, you know, I would walk into a room and like, 
people wouldn't notice me and I would be like, Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. You can't not notice you because you tower no. above. <laughs> you. You're not exactly Thank a small you. human being, Patrick. I was going to yeah. say, around us, you're always the best athlete. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Maybe on a run. Maybe I can beat you on a run. You definitely, you definitely would. Although I'm training again for for a half, so I got uh, I got six, seven miles tomorrow. Um, Let's so go. We'll have to tell that funny story before we get off here about our midnight run. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think just like um, coming you know, the, in the, the rain and being noticed. Yeah, with well, a but but too just like understanding what true like meekness and humility is. Um, I think like meekness. Um, I don't define it as this, but I, I didn't come up with it. But like the, you know, having the capacity, I mean, look at St. Joseph, right? The, the model of meekness, right? Having the capacity to be extremely strong, but, um, you know, being steady, but not so forward that you're like injecting yourself into everything. Um, but that comes from being comfortable, right? In your own identity, which I know we'll, we'll get to. Um, but I think, yeah, just like realizing and, and a lot like, and, and I wish to, that like I, I think um and my, my team has told me this and this is something that i've like trying to get better at it's like okay it can be intimidating right because of my size or whatever it is my you know my experience to like give me criticism mm-hmm. right which is hard because like what i tell my team is like look like i want to be in a relationship with you to where you feel free to communicate these things to me right mm-hmm. like, how do i how do i need to receive you in such a way to where you can like Tell yourself that okay. Well, last time I told Patrick about this, he responded this way, and so mm-hmm. um, that's getting better. I wasn't always like that. You know, when I was you know 24 or 23, somebody tells me something, I'm like, "Who are you?" Right? Um, Don't like you anymore. Go away. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I, I think the problem is too is like when not everybody can take criticism, right? Like they they don't have a capacity to receive it. And so like you know how much like like I could tell you know my little brother you know, you know, who I love, like more than pretty much everybody. Right. I, I, I could tell him, you know, I think 10 times. Right. And he's like, I don't care. Right. Like you're my brother. I don't care. You know, but then my, you know, his girlfriend who's better than he is. Right. Or, you know, uh, or my mother could tell him something and he could listen like this, the second time. So right. uh, don't, yeah, don't lose heart. Right. If, if somebody doesn't listen to you, because uh, hopefully they listen to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, that's so interesting because in parenting, we can tell our kids, like I've been telling Anna Catherine something for the past three months. She came home yesterday. It's like, Hey mom, did you know this? I'm like, been telling you that for three months, you know, friend told her. Sometimes you can't, can't hear from kids cannot hear things from their parents until they're 25 years old. (laughs) The way it is. So you, you, you brought up that idea of identity and, you know, we, we've had several guests on that have actually talked about that. Actually, JP did, he played you know, basketball at UK and he talked about how much it was so easy to get his whole identity caught up in being a UK basketball player, you know, or wanting to be that, that person, right? What has been your experience with that? You know, have you found yourself wanting to be like, yes, like I'm all that, like I'm that guy, you know, has that mm-hmm. been a thing for you with being, you know, being the player that you were and, and playing for UK, how, how was that for you? Yeah, I, um, I I think just the desire to be like different and set apart, I think it's always been like innate, right? Totally. It's like, oh, like I'm, I'm separate actually, like I'm unique, right? Um, that's a buzzword that I don't love either. But, um, you know, I, I think especially like at Highlands for sure, but I, I grew up with those guys, 
right? So like, you know, I, I, I was the same with those guys. And I'm um, actually, I, I will say this, one of my best friends from high school just made his confirmation, um, was baptized confirmation, made his first communion all in one day last fall. Um, he's getting married next summer, which I'm super stoked for. So wow. pray for Ozzy. Um, mm-hmm. He goes by Austin now, not Ozzy, because we're not 17. But um, <laughs> yeah, and then you get to, you get to Kentucky and, you know, you're from the state right? Like your sister's in a sorority there. Your parents went there. Um, you walked to class. A, and, state you know, senator, a federal senator, a national senator from the state. Yeah. So um, yeah, just like, yeah, I mean, I was the, you know, for two years, right? The, the Tom Brady of Lexington, Kentucky, which, yeah, I loved. Um, totally. Like I, I ate it up. Um, and, and I think I remind you, if you're not from Kentucky, Kentucky, University of Kentucky sports are a religion. It no, is sure. here, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing else. It's not like California where you have 75 sports teams and everything going on. Kentucky University of Kentucky sports are a religion. It, it is a religion. So, yeah. Yeah. You're even, the main. yeah, exactly. And I, um, yeah, and, and I think publicly I, I would have like, you know, I handled myself on interviews, right? Like that was never a hard thing for me to do. Um, and I like, I think I meant well, but I, again, I just didn't know. Like I, I had really only encountered the Lord one time before that um, in high school. And I kind of like, you know, for lack of a lack of a better word, really walked away. Um, and so, well, and I guess I would say with that, like, how can you not think that you're the man when you have all these people around you saying you're the man? Can I have your autograph? All these things like almost yeah. worshiping you. It's yeah. almost like impossible to not yeah. really have your identity tied up in that. Right. Because yeah. you have all these grown people like wanting you to sign a ball yeah know? for sure yeah guys waiting in the parking lot on the way to on the way to our car um mm-hmm. yeah I I, yeah, I mean you're you're exactly right I, I think obviously the um, right we we know right um that 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 change has to happen and it happened for me I'd say like my my first year as a missionary I recognized that like oh this is this is a problem <laughs> right like yeah. I I need to like, and, and I think like the Lord really broke me down. Like it had to, you know, for gosh, um, I'd say really like after I left Boston college, it was like a slow, slow pruning, very painful pruning process. Would right? you, it's still happening. Yeah. Patrick, would you share a little bit about those pain po- points? If we can dig in a little bit, I know this is a little vulnerable. Yeah, no, for sure. You yeah. know, but, but I think the thing, the reality is that like, we all experience these things, you know what I mean? We all sure. have yeah. points where it's like the reality is we need broken down on this. And a lot of times, uh-huh that pruning happens in the valleys, you know, yeah, for sure. You, yeah. I know this is poking a little bit, but if you would, no. would you share some of, you know, some of what were the valleys for you? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of my favorite podcasts I've ever listened to is called um, it's the place we find ourselves. So um, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah love it. There's an episode, I love that podcast. Yeah. There's a episode that made its way through focus. It's called why your story makes it hard to hope. Um, yeah. And I like it. <laughs> but, yeah. But it, it talks about, um, like uh, if you talk about Good Friday and Easter Sunday, right? Like you can't just go straight from Good Friday to Easter Sunday, right? Like Christ descended into hell. Um, and that's the valley that, that you're talking about, Maria. And it's like, so I left Boston College and I was like, okay, I'm going to play in the NFL. It's going to be awesome. Um, I go down to South Florida to train for the NFL draft. Um, my agent's like, hey, 50-50 shot, you get drafted. For sure you get signed. Awesome. Don't get drafted. Don't get signed. Um, I get a mm-hmm. call from the Texans to say, hey, We'd love for you to come out for rookie minicamp. Um, that was the year they drafted Deshaun Watson, who I think they had like 31 million in, right? Which 
they didn't have $31 million in me. Um, <laughs> can't, can't say, yeah, can't say right. that I blame them, right? Um, but uh, once it went to Houston, didn't make it. And so got cut. So I was like, okay, great. Like I'm having these conversations, right? I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to play in the NFL, obviously. So, you know, just other things have to happen, right? And it just wasn't happening, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, all right. And then I was in a relationship with a woman who's who, who's like a, a wonderful, wonderful girl, but, you know, for good reasons, like that didn't work out, right? And I thought that I was going to marry her, right? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. so that happened in, I'd say like, so like football wasn't working out in like April, May. And then, um, you know, that ended a little bit before that. Then my grandfather passed away within like two weeks of each other. Mm. Um, oh, and I remember, mm-hmm. and I remember like, I had a, um, like, I think for a lot, I mean, a panic attack. Yeah. Like, what, like, right what now. is going on? And I was talking to um, Father Steve Roberts, who's the chaplain at Kentucky, who I love dearly, was a Southern Baptist OBGYN converted um, and is now a, a Catholic priest at Kentucky. And I was meeting with him. He says, Hey, he said, you should talk to sister Ellen. Who's sister Ellen's like, a, you know, she's, I'm not going to share her age, but um, she's, she's not. Yeah. yeah she's there when I was there. She was, we, we but, all know sister Ellen. But she's not the, you know, she's not who I, right. As a, you know, former college football player would seek out. Right. So, um, and I started going to sister Ellen for counseling and mm-hmm. it was remarkable. Um, um, I think that the stuff that the tools that she gave me, and uh, I mean, I'm still in counseling, not with her, but still to this day, and I like very much, very much believe even the power of, 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 of that. But um, yeah, I think just like going through like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. Always like John, John 15, like apart from me, you can do nothing. Yeah. And um, and I, you know, when Christ gives his teaching on the Eucharist, right? As Catholics believe, and everybody bails because they're like, I can't, you know, I, I can't do this. And he looks at Peter. Um, and he says, are you going to go too? And Peter's like, where else will I go for you alone have the words of eternal life? Yeah. Right. And that's how I kind of got there. I was like, you know what? I'm so far in this, Jesus. Like, I, I can't bail. Like I'm, I'm, mm. I can't, like I'm, I'm with you. Um, and he was with me. I, I think all these times that like, you know, the, the Lord is just like so loyal and so faithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that like, I think, my identity has become stronger because I've recognized the fidelity of them. Yeah. It's so, um, you know, I was just thinking about how you were saying, you know, whenever you realize I'm not good enough. And I think that phrase is really powerful and it's important for us to realize whenever we think I'm not good enough for, you know, to play in the NFL. Well, that's okay. But how do you keep that from translating into your life of like your identity of you not feeling good enough? Because we know that can be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, value is is something that um, obviously the world gets wrong. Um, I'll go out on a limb and say that the, uh, the, the the world gets that wrong. That's right. Like our, our value has to come from, relationship um, right? we talk about and focus a lot we talk about relate rim um it's an acronym uh stands for relationship identity and mission um and a lot of times even with 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 missionaries right i struggle with this we we get it backwards and we say oh from our mission we receive our identity which aids us in our relationship with the lord which is way backwards right because then if nobody comes to bible study you're going to feel horrible about yourself right which sometimes still sucks but 
Um, but yeah. out of that relationship, out of that relationship, right? I recognize okay that my father is the creator of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's oh, Ephesians. Oh, um, it's an epistle where like where Paul says like, which which makes us heirs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is just major, right? Like if mm-hmm. if my father is the creator of the universe, like that's weighty, right? That care that that that's just not fluff, right? Yeah. So if, if that's true, which I believe that it is, I know you all do too, right? Then, okay, I'm a right prince, right? Royalty, right? And and what does royalty do? Everything. Um, you know, we uh, we talk about a lot. Uh, we went on an offsite, um, just like which is just meetings before campus last fall. To one of my teammates home to Minnesota, and um, I jokingly said, I said, you know, guys, everything here is for us. Yes. which was a joke, but it, it's true, right? The Lord has given us here, you know, given us everything here for us and for us to be to be in relationship with him. So from that relationship, I received my identity as a son of God, um, end of story, right? That's like, that's where it is. And that's where my value comes from because he made claim over me. Um, I am his, right? And Patrick, uh, what do you find? Because so you- you're saying that and and people are listening to this and they're like, that sounds good. And in my head, I know that, but that can be a big jump, right? Those 18 inches oh, from the, to the heart. So uh-huh. what has been impactful for you? Or are you still on that journey of really letting that sink from here to here, you know, from head to heart? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I think, uh, I'd say it was head knowledge till probably two years ago. Mm. I think, you know, the greatest gift we have as focused missionaries is to pray a holy hour every day. Mm. Um, we get, we get to spend an hour, an hour in silent adoration every day. Um, and Father Angelus, when we, we talk about this, he's always like, Patrick, like you have to sit right in the space of being a son, mm. right? Um, you just have to sit there. And sometimes I sit there for an hour, right? I'm like, okay, like, you know, if God is truly my father, right, what does that mean for me? Right? Like what, what, what does that mean for my life? Right. Like, should, does that move me? Right. If it doesn't move me, why, why, why doesn't that move me? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe because I, I, I can't take the face of my father off of God, the father, right. Maybe, um, you know, I've yeah had trouble with my parents or people in positions of authority, right. A full, a full kind of gamut of very valid reasons, mm-hmm. right. On, on why people struggle with that. But like, and it really does like, one, like you have to read scripture um, and you have to pray. It's like, it, it's, a, it's a non-option. I, I think, um, and like, I, I, I will say this, um, and this might be a hot take here, but like praying 10 minutes before you go to sleep is not enough. Um, mm-hmm. if, you truly, if you truly want to do this, it's like, you know, you have to provide the space, right? For your creator to love you. Um, and that, sorry, I'm on a soapbox here, right? But that hour right that, that i get every day that mass i go to every day right the rosary that we pray every day you know i need to pray my my divine mercy chaplet every day which i don't do right um but like in those spaces that is where we experience the love of the father and again like if it's not heart knowledge it's because you haven't experienced it mm-hmm. you have to ask the lord right mm-hmm. jesus like show me the father right yeah. like allow me to experience the love of the father well, and I think something you said there is just, it really boils down to where we are in the world today and where we probably have always been. And 
you know, I think St. Augustine talks about it, but really at the end of the day, it's city of God or city of man. And you choose which city do you want to be a part of? Right. And, and the world is, is so much more attractive of like, because it's you do you and it, and it's, it's pleasure for the moment, but I think pleasure is the direct inverse of actually true happiness and peace and joy and joy is everlasting. Right. And so you really just your whole story and how you live your life has, has shown a walk from city of man as we all are in to really a surrender to city of God. And, you know, we all have a different call. And I remember telling you, like, I don't have time for a holy hour. And, you know, and and, and it's different whenever I have six kids that I'm balancing. I, there's no way I can make a holy hour every day. But can I get there once a week? I can. And I think the encouragement for all of our listeners, if you're not Catholic, that's great. But just to create that space. And by the way, if you're not Catholic, you can go sit in a Catholic church for an hour and just have the quiet and the peace. Actually, dad was telling me in New York City now, people are paying $100 for 30 minutes. I think this is right. 30 minutes in like what they call a quiet box. They literally sit in a box and they pay $100 just to have quiet because the world is so noisy and they don't take their phones in darn idiots. They can go to a Catholic church for free anytime they want, <laughs> you know, We're not stuck in a box of claustrophobia. But I think our encouragement for you all would be just to what is appropriate in your life and don't go easy on yourself. You know, I always tell my kids, if you want your life to be hard, then you'll, you'll take the easy route. If you want life to be easy, take the hard route every time. And, you know, just to create that space and to create in your calendar every day, not when it's easy, not when it's convenient, to, but to create the opportunity in the space to have quiet time to where you can actually have time to have conversation and to quit talking and to start listening more. Right. And that's really what you have taught me so much of. And it's, it is life changing if you create that space for him. Yeah. I've got a, um, a Bible study with the cross country team here at Ohio state. And um, I mean, they run like, and I mean, the miles that they run is it's unbelievable, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, 15, you know, they're getting 15, 16 miles a day, right? On their legs. Um, and their coach used to always tell them um, that they need to plan their day around their run, right? Mm-hmm. If, if the run, and, and that's the same thing with prayer. It's like, you know, we have our staples of like holy hour, mm-hmm. math, prayer, right? You need to, if, if that truly, right? If, if your relationship with God is truly the most important relationship in your life, right? Then you're not going to just chuck them five minutes at the end of the day when you're tired, right? Like what's the best part of your day, right? That you can truly give to him, right? I'm not saying to stop working, right? What's the best part of my day that I can truly give to him? And, and two, I, I think like, because a lot of people, like when I, and I, I'm always speaking from my own experience, right? I want to project on anybody, but in my Bible studies, right? I'm talking to these guys like, well, I pray throughout my day, right? That's amazing. Right. right? I think that's awesome. But if you like, you know, if, if you, like, if you're in a relationship with one, right. And, I, and I'm talking to these guys and, you know, your girlfriend and you just talk to her throughout the day. Um, and there's never a time where you really sit with her and, and engage her. Right. She's probably not going to be your girlfriend for much longer. Right. Like you're smart. not, you're not taking time to talk to me, man. <laughs> exactly. And thankfully, thankfully God doesn't do that to right. us um, or else I'd be, I'd be uh, up a creek. Um, but I, I think, yeah, just like, you That's know, so we have great. to, we have to, yeah, we have to yeah. um, keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, my uh, mm-hmm. father, Steve would always, father, I forgot to pray. Did you forget to eat today? <laughs> no, I didn't forget to eat today. Father, why? what? No, right. We shouldn't, we shouldn't forget mm-hmm. to pray. 
Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, let's just leave our listeners. We'll have to have you back because you have so much great stuff to say, but just what we always ask our guests is, you know, as you're going throughout the week, what is one practical tip you would give to our listeners? You know, so many times we focus on like, if I made it to the NFL, I would be happy. Or, you know, whenever I, you know, get team lead at Ohio State, the biggest university here, I'll be happy. And we always are looking to others. But we really focus here on watering your own grass and believing that God has a plan for your life. His dreams help us on our own, leaning into surrender, leaning into his plan and not grasping onto your own and that ungodly self-reliance. So what advice would you have for our listeners to water their own grass, practically speaking, this week? Yeah. Well, I, I wish I had two more hours because this is this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. But <laughs> I would say um, we always talk about like living life on on life's terms, on God's terms. Uh, mm. I think mm-hmm. my life where, where I've like, you know, I'm sure y'all could attest to this. When I'm really struggling, it's because I'm grasping. Right. I think I know what's going to make me happy. Bam. This woman, this relationship, this job is going to make me happy. Right. Inevitably. It does for two days and then you're like well I'm, I'm, not, I'm not happy anymore right and so it's yeah like accepting life on on, on on life's terms i think being able to roll with the punches um and just receive um, um from the lord i i think that you know if i uh <laughs> talk about this the other day i'm 28 years old and so if i got into college coaching when i was 23 right and i mean there's some offense coordinators you know right now that are making at least half a million dollars a year, right? Which is more than 10 times what I make in a year. Right? <laughs> and I, uh, and I have, and I have a master's degree, right? right? And I've never been happier in my life, right? It's not even freaking close. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is not the life that I chose for myself. Um, you know, eventually, right. I had to choose it, but if you would have told me when I was 20, I was going to do this. I was like, you're, you've lost your mind. Um, so I think the serenity prayer is hokey. Like, as I used to think it was, right? Like being able to, like there's times in my day, like God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, thy will not mine be done of like, ultimately, right? How, how much more of myself, right? Can I place at the, at the feet of the Lord? Because um, mm-hmm. the more of myself that I can give to him, right? Life is not about being happy, right? It's about being holy um, and, and being, you know, joyful experiencing true joy in heaven with, with, with the father. And like, if that's really what you desire, right. Everything on here is a bonus. Love it. I love it. Well, thank you for being today and sharing your wisdom and just your life and your story. And, you know, I think stories are powerful and whenever we can share that Mm -hmm. life is perfect, we all have crosses and, you know, we can let them make us bitter or better. And you certainly have allowed yours to make you better and just can't wait to see what else the Lord has in store for you. And we'll have to have you back to continue the saga we didn't tell them about our midnight run, but when you're training for that uh, half marathon, come on down. If you want somebody to go for a jog with you at 1 a.m., you know, I'll be up for it. Let's go. Yeah, that's, that's that's you. Exactly right. Yeah, uh, if, you guys ever, if you guys ever find your way to Columbus, please, uh, please, please, please let us know. We will. Thank you for being here. We love you to pieces. My kids love Uncle Patrick, as do Will and I. We love you and all of my family. So, we appreciate you being here and hope you all found this fruitful, as fruitful as I have. And we will see you next week on Girl Water Your Grass.